Enter now the age of apocalypse, Shiga, with your hosts, Dayspring and Scott Free. The name's Cable. Remember it. And the only people who can stop apocalypse are the mutants known as Dayspring, Scott Free, and Michelle. This is Captain America, and we need to defeat apocalypse. We talk so much shit in DMs, it's only appropriate that people get to feel the stupidity we say to each other. <laughs> we are pretty obscene in DMs, and that's what I love about it. We, uh, for, the fam- for the familia back at home who is listening to us, me and Sean are new hashtag BFFs. And I feel like I come to you with like all my fucking problems. Well, we come from, I guess, the same age group. We found out we, yeah. Born very close to each other in whatever year that was. Uh, don't need to tell secrets there. Um, and yeah, and then since our, I'll say fake meeting at New York Comic Con, because we didn't actually actually cross paths, did we? We only crossed paths after through, uh, through Instagram. No, bro, because you didn't tell me you were going to be at New York Comic Con. And had I known you were going to be there as a 90s Cyclops, I would have been all up on your grill trying to take like Instagrams and selfies. Well, next year. So we look forward to next year. We're both there. <laughs> you literally messaged me after the fact, which was hysterical. Yeah. And then you were like, you're like, well, why don't we go partying? You said something like, oh, I'm going to an event tonight or something like that. And surprisingly, I was like, no, man, I'm like, I'm fucking done. <laughs> like for the, the, one, day. the one day of your life, you don't actually go out. But uh, yeah. Yeah. The one day I decided, I was like, you know what? I think I should have a pretty calm night. And like, and who is this guy anyway? So I was like, who is this Sean? And like, fine like i don't i'm never going to talk to this guy ever again and here we are like three months later and here we are yeah so for, oh. so for people who don't know um i hit him up on instagram tagging a photo going because i'd seen that he was at the con in, in new york comic con this year and saying oh like really sad i didn't run into you was hoping you're know, a big fan of the podcast hoping to have seen you there uh and then yeah and then message me back and here we are well if you had later. been a- if you would have been a good New York comic conner, you would have been at the bar, which is where me, Jeff, and Mini Made It were at the entire time. Like, it's obscene how much alcohol we drank on the floor. And literally, the bartender looked at me and Pedro, who's Mini Made It, and was like, oh, you guys are back again. And we're like, oh, yeah, we are. Well, the thing is, that was my first, so it's not my first con, but it's the first time I've been to New York Comic Con, um, and it's the first time I did cosplay at a con. So I was just in New York visiting friends that had convinced me. They were like, oh, we go to Comic-Con every year in New York and we dressed up. I go to the one in London, um, but I've never dressed up. And they, they did convince me. They're like, you know, get a ticket, fly over. We're going to go as the X-Men. Uh, yeah. And then the rest is history. And yeah, I fell in love with it. Yeah. Well, bitch, the reason why I was like, let's hop on and do a Zoom was because you have an epic 90s Cyclops outfit. And what the fuck? You were supposed to dress up as Cyclops. Jeez, we're... A few minutes into the podcast and you're already on my ass. All right, all right, hold on. All right, there we go. All right, bro, now this fucking interview can begin. Now we can start. Um, First of all, that is an absolutely epic, epic 90s Cyclops. How did you you get that created? Or did you make it yourself? Uh, No, well, no. It's a lot of bot parts, so... um, the 
the bodysuit is from Super Geek Design. So if anybody who wants to cosplay, um, they make these kind of like bodysuits that you can get different patterns for different heroes and they make them custom to, to your build. So that's really, really cool. Um, I think they're based out of the UK actually. So it's really easy for me. They go quite quickly. The strap and belt are from a Cyclops Halloween costume, I think. That is probably the only good pieces from that costume. The rest of the costume is pretty bad, to be honest. Um, visors from... I think it's actually a movie visor, pro, like prop from the original X-Men movie that I spray-painted. And then uh, Workman's gloves. Those are Workman's yeah. gloves. I was going to have yeah, to those are gloves. dishwasher. <laughs> those no, 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 no. They're full leather. You know, <laughs> nice and thick. Warm for the con. Difficult to tax, difficult to take photos with while you're there. But um, yeah, I think the number one thing I learned at the con is have somebody there to take photos of you. Because if you've got a costume where you can't, uh, can't type or do anything, it's pretty difficult. Sean, first of all, before I ask you some more questions, your, I know where your accent's from, but I think for those at home who may not know, because you sound almost British, but you also don't, you almost have like another... Where, let folks know where you're from originally. So I'm originally from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Uh, my mother is French Canadian. My dad is English Canadian. Uh, and I moved to London about eight, almost nine years ago coming up. So yeah, I get a lot of people going, where are you from? Because you don't sound like you're from anywhere. Um, so it's a, kind of a jumble of all of those. No, it's a great voice. It's a great voice. But I just wanted folks at home to know as they are listening along, because you have a very unique dialect, which I haven't heard before. So I have to ask a question, though, because if you're going to New York Comic Con in your workman gloves as Cyclops, 90s Cyclops, Jim Lee Cyclops, that is a very specific look. Yeah. It's a very beloved look. How did you get into the X-Men originally? Oh, well, um, you know, it's one of those, it's hard to say because I feel like I don't even have memories before knowing about the X-Men, if that makes sense. Um, I mean, that's fair. I can think back to when I was a kid, and you are probably old enough to remember, but maybe some of the people listening aren't. They used to make these Marvel trading cards back oh, in yeah. like the late, late 80s, maybe early 90s. We um, talk about them all the time on the podcast. Yeah. And you know, like you had the special like holographic ones at the end of the set. Um, so I had like the complete set of the first few runs of that. So you, you kind of get this knowledge of, you know, superheroes do that. I've always been a big fan of kind of superhero geek culture. Um, then it was, what, in 89, there was that cartoon movie, The, um, the Pride of X-Men. Pride of X-Men. Pride of the yeah. X-Men. Absolutely. We had Banger Margaret of a movie. Lash. We've had Margaret Lesh, who was sort of the head of Marvel TV and Fox at the time. And we've had Larry Houston, who was the producer slash designer of Pride of the X-Men and the X-Men animated series to talk about that. See, I am obsessed with Pride of the X-Men. The yeah. Toei animation was next level and Toei would eventually do Sailor Moon. It was, it was so good. I remember as a kid just going to the video store and renting the VHS of that over and over and over. Uh, and then Bitch, why did you that, rent it? Why did you just buy it? Because I was like, I don't know, X years old. I didn't have money. I didn't have like, buy it. I don't know. I didn't have the mental capacity to think to do that. Yeah, just ask my, my parents over and over. You had a Blockbuster membership, though. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think Blockbuster existed then. It was probably pre-Blockbuster. Um, and then, of course, like the, you know, the 90s cartoon. Obviously, um, you know, anybody who was around back then, big, big fans of that. Uh, and then, yeah, and then just started collecting the comics later on in life. Um, so, yeah, just kind of always been a fan. 
Okay. Well, first of all, one, I have to tell you your cosplay. When I saw it in my DMs, when we started chatting, I was like, bro, he is a fucking like badass Cyclops. Like you pull it off to. Oh, the- thank you. So I had a- so much fun doing it. Oh yeah, I'm sure you got stuffed everywhere. And we were we you actually have photos with mutual friends, like the Age of Apocalypse gang. Those are two podcasts, two groups of podcasters that well, I guess technically three that that we know. I was with them, you know, for a good chunk of the day. You were with Mojo, who the the cosplayer does Mojo is absolutely baller. He was just that big Apple con. So I'm so fucking bummed I missed it because I know. It's like it's like we, we kept running into people that we were with but never each other at the same time. And I was I was drunkenly going around the con floor asking all the Wandas to say no more mutants, <laughs> which then later I got in trouble with on like DMs or like, oh, that's very insensitive for you to say that. I was like, fuck you. It's House of M. It's her most iconic line as a character. Yeah. Like simmer down. But- simmer down. Definitely. How many Wandas were there, man? That was a I feel like every second person was dressed as Wanda this year. Oh, yeah. Every Anyone who's seen an MCU movie was Wanda. Yeah. I mean, there were some pretty good ones, but definitely a lot of them. Did you see the one who had a book? She had the book. uh, Yes. And she could like hold it like that. It would float between her hands. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really cool. Yeah. She, she was really good. And I mean, I, I, there was this one woman, she was, she was a bit older and she was drinking beer and I told her to say no more mutants. So she said no more mutants. And then she chugged her beer and I was like, Amazing. fucking get it. I was like fist pump. But she's here like, Oh, I hope that's not a Republican thing. I was like, no, it's fucking <laughs> no more mutants. Like what, when did saying no more mutants become problematic? A. And I feel like it's, it's like quite a famous thing within the X-Men kind of continuity, but I mean, there you go. Whatever, you know? So, Sean, before we continue this interview, we kind of establish a drinking game beforehand. Yes. So, listeners at home, Sean and myself are going to be playing a drinking game. When I mention Jean Grey, I have to take a sip of my alcohol, which is just Sky Vodka and a little bit of black cherry juice. And every time you say Ebba, and, you yeah, need anything about Emma Frost. I got my gin tonic here. Good British drink. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of a conversation that goes around um, the fact that Emma is just a lot cooler and better in every way to Jean in our DM. Well, you know what? You just said Emma, so now you have to take a shot. Oh, there we go. There we go. (laughs) I mean, listen, our God Queen fucking rules. Jean, I'll drink to that. So, folks at home, that is going to be our drinking game for this episode. So, pull up your vodka, gin, wine, whatever you're drinking, and let's kiki hard because Sean and I are new BFFs. And this is an introductory episode because you'll be on the podcast many more times. And we're going to get to know him a bit more. Cool. So, Sean, who's your favorite X Man? Oh, I mean, okay. So, I've got, can I pick three or I have to go to one? <sighs> Listen, uh, okay, listen, I get it. It always revolves. So always having like a top five or three is fair yeah. as an interview question, but because I want to be hard on you, I'm going to say you have to pick one. But okay, okay. We, 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 you can so have I, backup choices. You can have backup choices. How about that? Okay, so I think people are going to assume based on cosplay that I would say Cyclops, but I would say Cyclops is number two. Um, and then unsurprisingly, based on the drinking games that we just said, uh, Emma Frost is by far um, my favorite X-Man. Um, 
yeah, I just think she's so badass. She doesn't take shit from people. I mean, I don't think there's a gay man out there that, um, you know, doesn't love her. She's a gay icon, great powers, great outfits, great looks. Yeah, okay, wait, got it all. I have to ask, what, what's your favorite Emma look? And by the way, you have to take like five drinks. So oh! You've been saying Emma. Can we put on your podcast? I was about to drop an F bomb, but you know, it's not actually that easy drinking with the visor. I've got to like really lean back and I'm going to, you know, with the ice, it's going to splatter in my face, but. Bitch, take off your visor. Don't worry. That's it. No, You're fine, done. Fine, fine. Let's let's see that face God gave you. <laughs> All right. Shall we do it? On. All right. There we oh, go. Gasp. Yeah. Beam straight into the camera. Oh, end of oh. end of interview. Power of X Men. I'm a look. Sorry. Okay. Well, look. I'm not going to drink for every time based on this question. I feel like that's an unfair. You set me up here to fail. I did um, not set you up for her. All right, how all right, dare okay, you so, accuse me? How dare you accuse me? You can call her anything else. We said yeah, Emma okay. and Jean. So you can so call her something else. Queen, yeah, the, her best outfit. Um, so I really like the classic one um, in kind of the lingerie, but I feel like maybe, you know, the same age. It's probably not really practical either to, you know, be a superhero in that outfit. I quite like the new one with the, just like the white pants, the white corset, the cape. Um, yeah, astonishing. probably her best look. Yeah, I think her astonishing outfit was definitely Emma stepping up her game and being like, I'm leader of the X-Men. I'm like a big figure now. So let me get the traditional superhero cape with those pants and that corset. She looks absolutely yeah. baller. She got that during the Astonishing era following you, X-Men. I agree. I think Astonishing is really good. Her classic is always beloved. I think she doesn't get a lot of love for her Generation X outfit. Like, I really love the Gen X outfit. So that's the one, um, is it more like the coat, right? That one? Yeah. Yeah, it's like coat. the blazer yeah. and the corset and the thigh I mean, it's high. cool, but it's, it's like, it's more sexy headmistress, less saving the world superhero. Um, but you know what? All her looks are good, you know? And that's well, she why upgraded. she is way better than Jean. Um, oh. None of Jean's looks are very good. What do you mean none of Jean's looks are really good? Oh, drink, me. drink. Oh. Oh, fuck you! Man. I need no excuse to drink. Okay, wait, let me let me ask you this question. Vanilla Hughes in the Generation X TV movie or January Jones in X-Men First January Class? Jones. Wow, what the fuck is uh, wrong with you? You're wrong. So I think she did, okay. I don't think they did the character tons of justice to like what she is in the comics but i think she did a really good job like i quite enjoyed her character even though it wasn't the emma frost from the comics and i think like the the scene of her doing her nails on the bed while the guy is like you're trapped in his mind thinking that he's fooling around with her i thought that was just like really fun for oh, like and a I villain love it that she takes a, she takes like her little like bite of her biscuit and she's here, like yeah. pathetic <laughs> yeah um, that's pretty fun who would you want cast as her if they did uh, a movie with her in it now Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's a good question. Wow, I wasn't prepared for that. So January Jones, just to like end my feelings on that, I think she looked the part, especially Here Comes Tomorrow, Emma Frost with like the big like fur hat when she yeah. had Jean's grave with Cyclops there. I thought January Jones looked good. I think I agree with you. The writing wasn't really there. Like she says something, you're not going to be able to read my mind, sugar. She should have said you're not going to be able yeah. to read my mind, darling. Darling. You know, something like that. So you can't fault January Jones for the writing, but I can I can fault her for the performance where she felt a little lackluster. Like Emma, even as a minor character with bad writing, should be able to steal the scene. Yeah. And 
I just think, listen, I'm obsessed with January Jones because she had that like media scandal a couple of years ago where she was what she had just made friends with like Gordon Ramsay or something like that at some kind of party. And she literally crashed her car on her way home and she called up Gordon Ramsay and she's here like, you need to help me. I was in an accident. And Gordon Ramsay's like, who the fuck is this? So really? I didn't I didn't read that. Oh, that's awesome. And then, I mean, it's not awesome she got her car, but yeah, interesting story. No, she's fine. She was like a fetish yeah. or something like that. Like, I, first of all, I thought it was hysterical. And if you see her Instagram where she gets a doll of Betty and, and Emma and she starts fighting them and then the Emma's doll's like hair, like it's the Marvel Select Emma, like the hair falls off. She goes, I'm bald now. And then starts beating <laughs> up on Betty. Hysterical. I think January Jones is off her rocker and I wish she would bring that off the rockerness to her performance as Emma because I think it would be amazing. But in terms of who would I cast as Emma in today's world, Emma Roberts. I've always said this. Okay. I think Emma Roberts. I don't think Emma Roberts has the star power or acting capability to be a phenomenal Emma. But I think in Scream, have you seen Scream Queens? Uh, yes. Okay, I, so, well, yes, ish. I'll say I watched like a first few episodes. I don't think I've ever finished it. What, what the fuck is wrong with that? It's like the greatest television on like. The planet, the greatest show. Because I've seen, I've seen her in the American Horror Stories, love her in that. So you know, I, I'm with okay. you. Okay. But do you so think she's that, a bit that, young though? She looks a bit young though. But she's like 30. She's getting there. She's getting there. Okay. She's getting. Uh, and Emma, canonically, I don't know. We, there's uh, we've debated this on the podcast. Is Emma supposed to be older? But in New X Men, she's like, I'm only 27 years old. You ungrateful wretches. Is she just lying about her age out loud? Because she's definitely 100. Yeah. I like Emma yeah. as an old, I think Emma works as a character who's more on par with Xavier and Magneto. Yeah, As opposed exactly. to being, being like Jean and Cyclops. Like you I know? always thought that she was older than Cyclops, um, kind of those cougar vibes. Uh, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't think she'd work as a young one. You, you, I think that the greatness of her as a character is that she's a bit wiser than a lot of the other ones. She makes the hard decisions, and that's why she's such a, a cool character, because obviously starting as a villain and then becoming a hero, she's a bit more complex than some of the other ones. Um, yeah, love her. Well, and she's also, here's the thing that I love about her. She's not supposed to be the most powerful person in the room. However, she is the one who is most skilled in the room. So you have someone like Jean, who probably is a powerhouse of you know psychic energy and can easily beat Emma, but where Emma has the advantage where she can take on Jean is because Emma is better skilled at her powers. Yeah. Right. And that's what I You should also like. probably drink now a few times for the number of times you said Jean, but. Mm-hmm. Oh. Right there. Guys, you're going to be wasted by the end of this, by the end of this podcast. I know. So for folks at home, I'm, I'm definitely going to be wasted by the end of this episode. But secondly, I'm staying in my father-in-law's room where he died a couple of months ago. And I'm pretty sure it's haunted. And poor Sean had to hear me talk about like how my bedroom I'm in is haunted by my death-in-law. Yeah. It's going to be next level. But anyways, okay, wait. Well, let's so hope we, are... ca- we, we can catch something on camera. And oh then we've got a new show in our hand. Paranormal Activity meets X-Men Podcast. Right there with, with Sean yeah. and Dayspring. Boom, right there. There you go. Wait, okay, so Sean, who are your runner-ups? Tell me who are your runner-ups. Okay, so runner-up, runner-up, Cyclops, obviously. Okay, obviously Gotta love him. Um, and then number three is Colossus. Like so that's right. You love muscle bottoms, so of course that makes I sense just, that you would like, love Colossus. <laughs> wow, wow, all right. No, I mean, Colossus is just like, you've got all these, you know, 
like even Cyclops, right? Like he kind of went through a semi, well, we'll call it villain phase. You know, I don't agree with that, but Colossus is just a nice guy. He's always been a nice guy. He's, um, I think aesthetically, it's quite a cool character. His costumes are always quite fun. Um, yeah, he's just like, you know, comforting as a character. I do agree he's like kind of like a big like teddy bear that you want yeah. to hug. And I think the best thing that ever happened to him was that he got jilted by Kitty, now Kate Pride, because he deserved better than Kitty, in my opinion. I agree, 100%. 100%. Do you remember in the Ultimate Universe, Colossus is gay? Was gay, is, yeah. Yeah, with Northstar. Everyone forgets about that, bro. Well, because, so I really liked the Ultimate Universe. I thought it was really clever, really cool. And then they just ruined it all with, um, with that cross. What was the crossover called at the end where they basically just killed everybody Ultimatum. off one by one by one? Ultimatum. Yeah, Ultimatum. Bitch, you cannot speak ill of Ultimatum because it gave us the greatest scene ever, which is Blob devouring Wasp alive. And oh, I fucking yeah, hate but, Wasp. Ooh, it was uh, <laughs> No. Um, but yeah, no, he was awesome in that. Um, I think his costume was a bit drab in that one compared to kind of like the main continuity. Um, but yeah, great character. Okay. Maybe they should put him with Northstar in the main universe. Yeah, well, he, Northstar is right now. He's, with, he's married, uh, isn't he, Northstar? So but I'm probably... never, I've never been sold on that marriage. I mean, like, I wish he would have ended up... We, we had Chuck Austin on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and he talked about how he was planting seeds with Bobby and Northstar. I think at the time we had Colossus and Northstar. I would have liked to see Northstar end up with an already established character. I have no, no shade against Kyle, but yeah, he's just kind of, I think last time we saw him was in Trial of Magneto and he was just more concerned if Captain America was coming over for dinner. I was like, come on. So who, okay, so other than, I mean, you probably covered it, but I'm going to ask you who other than Gene, who is your favorite top two other runner-ups? Who makes the podium for you? Who makes the podium? Okay, well, so it changes daily. I've, one, Emma is always an evergreen character for me. I love Emma. And I really don't like it when people are like, oh, you can't love Emma if you're a big Gene fan and vice versa. I think they're wonderful characters. It's like saying the difference between loving a, a pizza and a hamburger, right? Yeah. You like them for very different reasons, and you may prefer pizza, but that does not mean you don't like a hamburger. So I think Emma is a wonderful character. Anything she's ever in, I love reading, uh, reading it. I mean, the X books, in my opinion, were really good because Emma was in the forefront following new X-Men. And I think Messiah Complex, her and Cyclops leading the mutants against extinction was absolutely fucking perfect. And I think the trick to writing a really good Emma is you have to write her with a heart of gold. Like Emma, at the end of the day, cares about her students. She cares about the future of mutant kind. She's going to do it. It's exactly what you said, bro, which is. She's going to do what she needs to do to get stuff yeah. done. She doesn't have her own agenda. She's not, she's not trying. At the end of the day, she's not trying to push herself forward. She's trying to manipulate the situation to make sure mutants or her students thrive and survive. And that's what I think makes Emma a great character. And then Plus, my, well, I'm going to cut in. Plus, she's given us the Hellfire Gala. Oh, yeah. Which, Although, I mean, one of the coolest things in any comic, like, um, I, well, you call, I'm not gonna call it crossover, but like, you know, now it's gonna be like a recurring annual thing, right? It's, it's gonna, they're gonna, I bet you anything, they're gonna have like design, like famous designers now doing looks, like the art looks for some of these characters. And yeah, I, I imagine it's gonna become a big thing that. 
Yeah, I love the Hellfire Gala. As someone who is obsessed with fashion IRL, I absolutely love the idea of the Hellfire Gala. The only thing I would say is that, like, I don't think it's ever executed 100% because, as you know, and, and folks at home know, I'm a, I'm a benefit auctioneer. So I do galas literally every night of my life. And I was a little disappointed with how they handled some of the mechanics, but I, it is fiction. So. Yeah, you're, they're like, uh, actually, that's not how it's done in real life. Um, yeah. I know. Well, I'm, you I'm you not, should write it. Write an angry letter. Well, I told that to Jordan D. White, the editor of the Xbox. And he's like, eh, like, it's just a crossover. Like, it's just, yeah. like, relax. Like, relax there. But, um, but, but my, my other runner-up would be Nate Gray. Always Nate Gray. Love Nate Gray. So do you think, like, he doesn't have a lot of lore behind him compared to a lot of the other characters, though. Like he's a lot more Mark, right? He, he showed doesn't, up in. Doesn't he come? Doesn't he? Isn't his first appearance in Age of Apocalypse, right? No. Yeah, yeah it's so like he's the best from, thing ever. Yeah, I mean, so he's what from mid nineties? What was that? What was that? Yeah, early nineties. Yeah. So, so it's like mid to early nineties. I'm just pulling. I'm, I'm I'm pulling your hair right now. Um, no. So see, he's yeah. So he's created as you know X Man, which is supposed to substitute the Cable Book. Yeah. Back in back in the early '90s, when they were doing Age of Apocalypse, and he's technically not supposed to be an alternate universe form of Cable, because Cable is the son of Cyclops and, and Madeline Pryor. Yeah. Oh, right. Madeline! Oh, wow. Madeline okay, wait. there you go. Yeah. Oh, the nerds right. are gonna get angry at me. Oh, I'm gonna get it. all They're the messages. Yeah, <laughs> blow it up. But then in, in Age of Apocalypse, he is a genetic offspring of Cyclops and Gene that's created. So Gene doesn't actually for him. And then he comes to the main universe, he creates Maddie, and he has about like 60 to 75, 75 issues. And then he's gone and he comes back during Dark X-Men. So you're not wrong in terms of publication history. He doesn't really have that much going for him, but he's very convoluted because he's part of the Summers family drama. And, but listen, I started reading him when I was about like, what, 15, 16. I had just gotten my license. I was listening to Blink-182. I was going to say, he's quite a like teenage, um, you know, emo-y, got that look, the hair. Yeah. I, of course, I fucking bleached like the first two parts of my hair um, when, I was, when, I, when I was younger. So he just kind of like resonates with me with being like this wayfarer sort of lost in like this like landscape in a world that he doesn't really understand. It just... He spoke to me at a very young age versus right. some other characters that like Gene and Cyclops always felt like mom and dad, for example. Right. But Nate felt very much like what I was going through, like the angst and stuff like that. And that discoverability, you know, navigating the Marvel universe, yeah. which is when I came in around 97 um, through like the early aughts. Plus anything from Age of Apocalypse is really cool. So I'm I glad that some of the characters made it into the main continuity. Well, we're going to have to have you back on because we are covering Age of Apocalypse as our main focus for the podcast for like a, a last year now. But we'll so I've got every every original issue of Age of Apocalypse oh, sitting in a basement sitting. back in Montreal. What the fuck so, is it doing in a basement? Bring it back to wherever you're at. So I've got quite a few comics from like obviously when I was a kid up until when I was an adult leaving Canada to come to the UK. Do you know how expensive it would be to like ship all those giant boxes of comics. Here. Plus, yes, also, no. space I, in I London. Just moved from New York to Miami. That shit's yeah. expensive. Well, then you know, you know, living in New York, you don't have room to keep boxes and boxes and boxes of comics in you know the middle of these giant cities. 
you know, the space is uh, not quite the same as, you know, houses in the suburbs of uh, smaller cities. So <laughs> right here, this is the size of my apartment. This haunted yeah, exactly. apartment is the size of my Wait, <laughs> so you don't have space for your comics, but you have space for that Ikea mirror that you've decorated with. Big wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He said this to me last night in a DM and I was like, you did not call out my Ikea mirror as an Ikea mirror. Yeah, but look how cool it is. I mean, you can't really see from there, but uh, covered. Yeah, we'll in throw up a photo on the on the yeah. on the on the Insta later. Yeah, My it's, labor of love. Okay, but you also have Drusilla, Angel, and Spike. Those oh yeah, are they diamond figures, I believe. Yeah, you you have them glued. So, folks at home, if you're just listening to podcasts, Sean has a mirror, and he's super glued a variety of action figures onto yeah. like the the border of the mirror. And it's not only, so it's not only action figures. I mean, it's basically any kind of like retro toy. There's an original Game Boy at the bottom that's kind of out of screen that you can't see. Um, that Game Boy had to die so it could be part of yeah, War. Like, exactly. Hey, it's been recycled. I've given it new life into, you know, into something nice and cool. But yeah, there there's a some... lot of, um, yeah, a lot. Actually, and the figures at the top are technically not glued. So the ones that are at the top are just kind of resting on it because some of those are more uh, expensive figures that I actually couldn't bring myself to glue onto it. Wait, who, who's, who's there at the top? Is that Shira? No, so, okay, at the top you've got, uh, you've got Zangief um, from Street Fighter, who's one of the Storm collectibles. Uh, then you've got a, um, a He-Man from the 2000s cartoon that I repainted to look like one of my Dungeons and Dragons characters who kind of had a similar aesthetic, so a custom one, on top of the King, um, the King Ghidorah from Godzilla. Then you've got Kintaro from Mortal Kombat lifting up the guy from Golden Axe. You've got a Dormammu next to He-Man from the newest series, next to Herc from was it, uh, Marvel Legends last year, I think they made him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next, yeah, and then you've got Angel, Spike, Drusilla as a uh, not in a vamp, and then Drusilla in a vamp on top of a Conan from the early 90s cartoon on his horse. Okay, first of all, I love that you have the Drusilla action figures because I would like out of my way to find them back in the day because I love Drusilla. Juliet Lando, oh, like, yeah. a wonderful performance. The best character, well, is that, maybe I shouldn't say that. One of the best characters in Buffy, an angel, definitely. Yeah. Well, you're also a big Buffy stan, which I think I did know, but last night you confirmed it. And, you know, we're really good friends with Slayer Fest 98. We love Ian here. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I was just, you were on the podcast just uh, recently, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, with Hammy. We're, we, we call ourselves the Sunnydale Thruple. <laughs> well, I won't, ask, uh, I won't ask details of uh, what role everybody plays. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, Sean. Who is the worst X fan in your opinion? I'm not gonna say Gene. To piss no, you, you can't say Gene. I'm no, gonna okay, eject, eject, uh, eject. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna like literally booted from the Zoom call. Um, Beast. Beast. Yes, yes. That is the only answer to give. And I don't think have we talked about that before. No, I don't know. Not that like, you know, I, I really like Kelsey Grammer's Beast in the movies. Oh, of course. Um, of course. Who doesn't hate Kelsey Grammer? And he wasn't bad. In the cartoon, no, absolutely but I just think agree. he's like he's kind of boring. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think he ever has any interesting storyline. Um, I don't think like aesthetically he's not that cool. His power's not cool. 
Um, there's so many people in Marvel that are like, you know, the super smart scientist, but he's just like a really like, you know, he's the dollar store version of like Reed Richards or like, you know, um, Iron Man. Um, and yeah, and didn't he, didn't he do like, didn't he, what am I, I haven't been up to date on like the more modern comics as much. Um, it's fine. Ask any years. questions you need. Didn't, I'll give you the team. Didn't he like do something really problematic to like, um, like, didn't he do like, I'm trying to think like, I think I saw something on like social media or, where, you know, you see panels that come up on whatever. Oh yeah. And like, didn't he like, like, I don't know, like hit on one of the other X-Men or like say something really creepy and. Yeah. Like every issue. Like one of the things that I always talk about was when Betsy came back from the dead and he licks her as she's being examined oh, yeah. to make sure yeah, she's fine. Yeah, 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 that's absolutely, it's still fucking creepy. He also sold out Cyclops during Avengers versus X-Men. He sold out the mutants during Inhumans versus X-Men. And now he's sort of on trial at X-Force. I don't know, I'm not really keeping up with X-Force, but he's like yeah. an overall just like awful yeah. human, mutant being. And yeah, man. But I would say Dark as... Beast, Dark Beast kind of cool. I love Dark Beast because you know what? Dark Beast owns it. And he's like maniacal, he's sociopathic, he yeah. leans into it. He's not trying to be pompous or anything. Um, yeah, like fuck Hank McCoy. We were not Hank McCoy stands here. And then I've got, okay, the second one I'm going to say, I'll give you my, my, my reverse podium of best. All right, let's see. And this is here. not because I don't like him, but because I do actually. I just think he's yeah. so overrated as Wolverine. And oh, I think. Really? Well, okay, so here's my thing I think he plays to that, like, you know, he's super badass. He's kind of anti-hero. He's like, I've got an attitude and I'm, you know, edgy, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's like, it's, I think a lot of teenage, like people just get into that because they're like, oh, he's badass. And, um, and I think he's just a bit overhyped. He's a little bit overhyped. But I do like him. Don't get me wrong. But I just think he's, one, he's like such a go-to people that don't really know anything about X-Men. They're just like, oh, I love Wolverine. He's the best. Da, da, da. And you're like, nah, but I don't feel like you know enough about other characters. And he's, not, not really going to get a lot of hate. Yeah, yeah, no, don't worry. I, yeah. I, no one likes Wolverine here. No one likes Wolverine on, on, in our, our community, community here. The thing about Wolverine, the only thing I'm going to say, just to interject, is that I, I, I did not like him growing up. I thought, much like you, he was overrated, he was oversaturated. But as I've been doing the podcast, as I've been talking to fans from all walks of life, Wolverine does resonate with a lot of people on this one person. Actually, it may have been my cousin who said it. So shout out to Saul. But he said, like, Wolverine is a quintessential, like, story of the hero. You know what I mean? Like, and, and you see his pain and him grappling with his identity and his past. And for whatever reason, he hit the mark with, with, with a lot of people growing up, a lot of kids growing up. And he was a lot. You got to respect it, that for a large part of the X-Men's popularity in the 90s came from Wolverine and that oversaturation. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just like we have Captain America, Black Widow, Iron Man over overly saturated. I really do credit him and Storm. Him and Storm are probably the two X-Men, I would say, that everyone knows, regardless of your fandom. Yeah. Or if you've ever heard of the X-Men, you do know who Wolverine and Storm are. So I can't I can never really truly hate him from an IP perspective, from like just the intellectual property business perspective, because he generated that visibility. But as a character, yeah, I mean, like, listen, I can take or leave a Wolverine story. But wait, how do you feel about the thruple? Oh, love it. Love yeah? it. Yeah. Yeah. But like, was that actually canon? It is canon. It is canon. Well, okay, is it? wait, wait. No. Okay. 
So we've had Leah Williams on the podcast, and she has confirmed that in the X-Men Slack, it is canon. They have talked about like Wolverine, Gene, and Cyclops being in a throuple. They, they've had, obviously, lots of nods apart from them just hugging each other with the beer. Like, there is a scene with Cyclops and Wolverine sitting. Oh, yeah, and, and they're like, and he's like, doesn't he say something like, oh, you'd like to see me in a Speedo or something like yeah, something yeah. kind of suggestive. Like, well, what was it exactly? You'll know better than me, but. Yeah, yeah. So he's just here like Gene in a bikini and the Cyclops is like Scott in a Speedo. And he's here like, huh, who wants to miss that? So I, I kind of like that because, you know, like the trope, the literary trope for such a long time was that the two men have to fight over the woman. And now the two men actually want to fuck each other, which was always sort of the subtext when you look at that literary trope. So I think it's brilliant that they're doing that. I like it that they're being purposely cagey about it because the X-Men have traditionally always been weird and strange. Yeah. So have weird and strange. I, I don't want to say being a throuple is well, weird or strange by any no. means, but I want to say it's... It's not, gonna do, it's not the Avengers that are going to do the throuple. That's yeah. what, that's what you yeah, know what I mean? exactly. So that's why I kind of really like that idea put out there because that's how you start at the time, you know, the X-Men being an allegory for minorities was something that was unusual and groundbreaking. So I think the idea that they're having things like Thruples, having something like Krakoa, yeah, put it out there. Metabol- have an entire generation, read it, metabolize it, and normalize it. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, we're all waiting for the panels and the issue where we finally <laughs> see Cyclops and Wolverine hook up. But, you know, maybe, maybe 2023 will give us that gift. <laughs> Uh, who do you i mean cyclops is a total bottom i don't think so no no cyclops is definitely the top and i'll tell you what because he's like he's like bossy and uh (laughs) cyclops is 100 the top 100 i'll tell you what he's the like he's assertive he makes decisions quickly now again i don't want anybody coming for me i'm going on like stereotypes here um but yeah no he's definitely of the three of you know in that relationship He's definitely doing the, like, to both Gene and Wolverine, 100%. But she could be a bossy bottom. Yeah, but I just think, like, I don't know. Wolverine gives, like, like Wolverine gives, like, yeah, I don't know, more bottom energy, I think. It's like right, that I mean, hidden bottom energy. Yeah, like, Wolverine wasn't going to make it to a meeting at 9 a.m. at the mansion to d- discuss the mutant extinction that was happening because of the witch. So I- I'll give it to you. That Cyclops is probably a bit more of a top energy. All right, well, listen, we can argue about who is the top, who is the bottom in the Cyclops, Gene, and Wolverine thruple for, like, all of eternity. Wait, actually, Gene is pegging the two of them. That's what's happening. That is what's happening, 100%. Oh, that is the fucking best answer I've ever gotten. Boom, yeah. right there. We're time stamping this. Okay. Wait, so how did you get into cosplaying? Because I've done, obviously, I've insta-stalked you. I've seen you've been doing cosplay for such a long time. You look incredible. But why don't oh, you, thank you. tell the so, folks so, ahead? Sure, yeah. Um, so I would say, actually, I'm more of like uh, a Halloween cosplayer. So um, I've got like... So I've always loved, like, I've always loved Halloween. Always been my favorite holiday, like, way more than Christmas, way more than... You're a gay man, of course. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, any, anything for a costume party, Halloween. Um, and I've kind of always kind of tended to gravitate towards doing superheroes or things like that um, at Halloween. And then I've always been, well, I've been going to, like, Montreal Comic Con when I lived in Montreal and then, then Comic Con here in London. But I've never, I never dressed up. And I think there was a bit of a a fear, I guess, of like, 
I don't know, being shy, not shy, because I don't think I'm a shy person, but going out and be like, oh, it's not Halloween and not everybody's going to be in costume. And am I going to feel kind of self-conscious about it? So I kind of always never did it. And then, like I said, this year, uh, I think it was in the middle of summer and my best friend lives in, in New York and he goes to New York Comic Con every year and he's got a group of friends there and they dress up every year. So I think last year they did Sailor Moon um, and he went as, as that white cat. Uh, in it, and I think Artemis. Artemis, yes, Artemis. 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 How dare you <laughs> really call the podcast and call Artemis a white cat? Yeah, yeah, no, oh God, getting booted again. So, anyways, long story short, he's they're like, come over, we're gonna go to New York Comic Con, we got you a ticket, you, you gotta dress up. So, I started, so this was the middle of the summer, I started putting together this outfit, I was like, okay, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this right. So, I started getting all the pieces, and, and then, yeah, and then got there, obviously, for and was it uh, October? Um, and just fell in love with it. Honestly, it was so much fun. Um, everything that I thought I'd be self-conscious of, I wasn't. I mean, you see the like, and, and it's kind of stupid because the reverse, like, you know, I'd see people in costume and be like, that's so cool. Like, you look awesome, you know, take a picture with them. You know, it makes you happy. And then you see that, like, people would come up to me and be like, hey, like, like the Cyclops costume is really cool. Can I grab a photo of you with you? Um, and yeah, it was a lot, a lot of fun. So um, planning to do it again for New York Comic Con next year. Uh, but like I said, the, the, the past one, so what, you know, I was in LA for Halloween this year. I did Captain Planet, if anybody's a big 90s fan, um, and Superboy, because I was there for the weekend, so I had a few nights of going out. I did Venom a few years ago for uh, Halloween in London, which um, didn't go the way I thought. So this was years ago when I first first moved to London. And um, for those of you who don't know, you know, Halloween's a lot bigger in America and Canada than it is in Europe. Um, so I was used to coming from you know, a city like Montreal where you know, I would imagine most Americans do the same thing where Halloween weekend, you know, every night out, people are in costumes. You go in the city, you know, you'll see tons of people. So we had a night out um, at a club here in London. So I, I, don't know, I just assumed it would be kind of the same experience. Everybody would meet costume. So I went all out as Venom. I had black body paint all over, you know, hours and hours of makeup to get into it. I get to the club and there's about... I'd say 20% of people in costumes and very, what I like to call British costumes, which is they put a bit of blood, um, a bit of like black eye makeup, and that was it. And I was full on body paint venom. Um, and then to make it even worse, I had bought professional makeup and a setting spray that was supposed to make it dry, which didn't really work. So anybody that I bumped into the club got covered in black makeup. Um, and then when I got home, at like four in the morning, you know, after several drinks, um, I couldn't get it off. So I stood in the shower, like scrubbing myself for an hour and eventually just gave up and went to bed covered in, in, in body paint. Um, yeah. Bitch, that so sounds like a Tuesday that. night. That was a fucking yeah, Tuesday yeah. night. Regular Tuesday night. So I think I've learned um, in my cosplaying slash costume experience, I'm no longer gonna be gonna be doing you know, full body body paint. It takes too long to do. Um, you need to diet way too much for it. I mean, you don't have to obviously, but um, for me to feel comfortable, I want to be in a certain shape. Um, and yeah, it's just so much easier doing costumes like this where they spray paint on the, you know, the abs and the muscles and you don't have to, uh, to watch what you eat before the con. Okay, bro. But even, even if you ate something before the con, your abs are like next level. Like, don't, don't even go there. They're not existent. Not existent. <laughs> Wait, so what was one thing that surprised you while you were cosplaying? Was it the, the release of that insecurity? Is that this yeah, is my Oprah I think question so. for you? This is my Oprah and question. I think, yeah, no, I think it was that. I think anybody who's watching that wants to do it or might have the same kind of 
fear, anxiety around it. Um, I mean, the reality is once you get there, there's so many people in costume and it's so kind of normal for the environment. And I'm always like, you know, anything contextual makes it okay. So like the same way I always describe, like you're on a beach and you're in a bathing suit, contextually it makes sense. So you're not really like shy, but if you just put yourself in the middle of a city on any day and you're in a bathing suit and you would be shirtless, you'd, you know, you'd, you'd be a bit shy. So, um, so I think it was like when you're actually there in costume, you know, none of that anxiety actually manifested. Um, and it was just so much fun. Like it's such an easier way to meet people because obviously you're in costume. So people just naturally come up to you to ask to take photos. Um, you know, if you like attention, I'm not saying I do, but um, you know, it's a good way to get attention. <laughs> this is not um, an admission right here. Yeah. Not an admission. Um, it's, and, and yeah, I think the thing I took from it is like, it's just all the cool people I met. And like, look at this, you know, if I didn't do it and tag you in that photo, um, you know, we would have never become friends. So, uh, so it opens up a lot of great things. Um, and Bitch, it's a I lot only of fun. responded because you were that Cyclops outfit. I was I, like, who's this in my like spam box? I was like, okay, let's yeah. get up with him. Um, so yeah, no, it was, it was a lot of fun. Looking forward to doing it again. Um, going to go to London Comic-Con this year. I might just recycle this outfit. Um, Wait, when's London Comic-Con? It's in, it's a, we have two actually. So it's in May or in October um, or early November, kind of depending on the year. So the next one's yeah, sometime in May. Yeah. No, I'm just asking. Maybe maybe we'll swing by across the pond. Oh, you should. I know. Well, now that I have a BFF there, I definitely have to go. I have a couple of like, friends in London, and I've been meaning to go, but, like, man, the pandemic just fucked up, like, everyone's travel. Oh, yeah, travel. definitely. It's insane. I mean, it's a lot easier now. I mean, so glad we're past, um, well, for the most part, you know, the travel restrictions and stuff, it's a bit easier to, to see people in different countries and, and go experience those different things. So really, really thankful for that. But well, well, I didn't, I haven't left the country during COVID, obviously that those two years, but I only left to go to Vancouver. Well, I've been to Vancouver and Victoria Island like three times already this year for, for work and pleasure, but it was only until April, 2022 that I actually leave. And cause I got booked there. So I'm looking forward to it, man. I miss, I miss London. Yeah. I miss Europe, everything. It's just such a, it's such a fun kiki, but yeah, man, I'm going to try to hit up London. Like, come. It's, you know, man, you're always, you're always welcome. I'm going to take you out, show you the sites. You're like, comic bitch, like, I will have blood and mascara running, like, every oh, night. Yeah. And you'd be like, yeah, just sit, sit somewhere else. Um, wait, so, so you're cosplaying, you're, you know, you're discovering this element. Were, were there any cosplayers that inspired you? Do you have any favorite cosplay? Oh, there? yeah. I mean definitely before doing it i you know i follow a lot of like the prolific cosplayers i guess i'll call them um who's out there i mean i mean obviously hammy a lot of people follow him he's great he's hammy. also fellow canadian so you know shout out to him My um, sunny dale thruple yeah you're sunny dale thruple um the there's a guy nerd alert cosplay who does oh yeah for me i think i think his omega red cosplay is like the most epic and his mr sinister actually they're both um i just think the the omega red is probably a bit i don't know it looks no actually they're, they're both amazing i don't even want to compare them but like, like the level of his cosplay um it's next level you know, yeah it's next level and like it's just so so good so um yeah i think he's a really good one um who else is there there's um a guy who does a really great nightwing um Mas mateo I think oh, I love Mass Mateo. Um, yeah, I you know, love it helps that he looks like Nightwing. So, I mean, yeah. you know, it's, 
Um, you know, when you look like that, probably not difficult to, to look like the hero. Um, I mean, there's a lot of them, right? There, there's, there's so many of them on this. So, um, yeah, just a lot of like, you know, I think it's that. I, I followed a lot of these guys on Instagram. Um, and then you say like, oh, yeah, like it'd be fun to do, but you kind of never. And also too, like, you know, we're a, probably a bit older than some of these guys. So you go like, well, you know, you've got real life or real career or job. Like you don't have the time necessarily to put into making. Um, and I don't think they don't. But um, I also don't have the, the natural talent, as I'm sure some of these guys do, to make the costume. So what they probably do in an hour would probably take me days and days. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, a lot of... We, we love all the ones you just mentioned. Jason's a really good friend. And when I first met Jason, I was... It was a couple of years ago. And I think it was... Jason, wait, wait so Jason's which one? Nerd alert, nerd alert. Oh, okay, Jason. okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, I literally, we, I went to his place and I walked in. I was like, where's your cosplay like closet? And I just grabbed his Omega Red outfit and just put it on and did like a really quick, like it's the luck. Let me see if I have it here. But I was like, I, Jason is one of those people who's just so smart. And like, they, like he gets cosplay, like in a way that's like so next level. That's oh yeah. Really, I mean, the talent to build, you know, like the armor for that costume, and you see, like, how, like the muscle. That's awesome, actually. Wait, that's, it, so wait, good. that's me literally raiding his closet. Oh, <laughs> so like, good! Who is this fucking messy bitch who like came from happy hour drunk yeah. with vodka stint breath? No, he's great. But we, family, we are having Jason back on the podcast in a couple weeks, so stay tuned for that. Oh, well, you know, invite me and then I can ask him to borrow his Omega Red costume for the next Comic-Con so I don't have to go build and buy something different. Wait, so are you dying to do something like Omega Red? What kind of cosplays are you I mean, yeah. to do? So, um, so what do I want to do? So there's ones that like I'd be excited to do, but I don't think realistically I've got the technical ability to pull off. Um, so like Omega Red, I think he's an amazing character, like amazing aesthetic. The, the, the look of that character is so cool. Uh, and it's also not a character that I think a lot of people would do, which I think is also really fun. Like, you know, no, no shade to anybody who did Wanda or Loki, you know, <laughs> vote for Loki. Um, but what I don't want is to go to a con and be the same costume as literally like every second person there. Um, not that there's anything wrong with it, but. Bitch, I, look at you coming with the scolding hot tea. Yeah. Yes! You know, as somebody who, like I said before, might like attention. Um, I want to do something that's a bit flashy and probably um, not not a lot of people would think to do it. I think like Omega Red really fit that bill. Um, but realistically, I don't think I've got the, the chops to pull that off. So what I'm thinking of, I mean, Dream Cosplays, I'd love to do Colossus, but again, I think I'd probably need to be a bit more, um, more beefy and big to do that, to pull that off properly. Um, I'd love to do Bullseye. So I know it's not Bullseye would be perfect. Bullseye so would think, be perfect. Um, so my buddy that I came with this year, he went as Magneto. But I did Cyclops. Um, so I'm really pushing him to do Daredevil and me Bullseye for um, one of the days of Comic-Con next year. Um, so that's, that's on the cards possibly, but I'm open to suggestions if people have um, ideas of something, you know, reasonably, uh, I don't want to say easy to pull off, but like, you know, I think somewhere between Cyclops and Omega Red in terms of skill to, to execute. Well, I think you would be an absolutely wonderful bullseye. I think you would do a really good daredevil as well. I think I suggested that to you when we were talking. But one of the things that was really great about our friendship when we first started talking was you're into 
Dungeons and Dragon D and D. Yeah, and and listen, I have been a nerd my entire life. I have evaded somehow D and D, but I don't understand anything about D and D. Can you no. can you explain D and D to me? Sure. Yeah, um, and it's funny because a lot of people that are not in kind of like geek culture, you try to explain and you just get these blank looks on their face, and they're like, "But wait, like, is there a board?" And you're like. Well, there could be, you can also do it without a board. Um, all right, so D&D, um, Dungeons & Dragons is a role-playing game, tabletop role-playing game. So uh, I guess the best way to describe it is like a collaborative storytelling game. Um, so you've got one guy who's, or you know, person who is the, the dungeon master, the game master, who kind of runs the narrative and the plot, and they make up the stories, or they're, um, or they're telling the stories from a pre-made book or uh, adventure path that you, know, you could buy from, from different companies. Um, and then you've got all the other players are, are player characters. So I guess the, the thing, if, you, if you're a player character, you come up with your character. So, you know, um, and traditionally, let's say if you're playing in the classic kind of Dungeons and Dragons world, you have like the different races, right? So you can be a human and elf, all those kind of like mythological um, types of things that you might see in Lord of the Rings. Uh, and then you pick a class. So are you like a fighter, a wizard, a cleric, you know, those types of things. Um, and then, yeah, and then you make a persona, right? So you, you come up with your backstory, like who is this character? What drives them? What's their motivation? Uh, and then the, the dungeon master, the game master sets out these plots um, and situations uh, which you react to and tell a story, right? So they're kind of driving the story and they will change and alter the story as the, the characters react to everything um, and, and kind of push the plot forward. And I think, so the game kind of runs in three different elements. You've got um, like combat, which acts then a bit more like a board game, um, research or investigation. So that's where you kind of like, uh, you're trying to find clues for different things or um, uncover kind of plot threads. Uh, and then social, so like acting out in character, how you would react to conversations and different things. Um, so I think anybody, like it's, it's a really good way of, I guess, exploring different elements of a personality that maybe you aren't in real life. Right. So like, um, let's say you're a really shy person, um, you know, and, and you want to play a bard who's really suave and, you know, um, you know, gets all the ladies or the men or both or whatever, you know what I mean? And that's not you in real life. Like it's a really good way of kind of living those experiences um, that you don't get day to day. And um, yeah, like fantasy fulfillment, right? Like you want to be a hero, you want to save the world, those types of things. Um, fantasy but, fulfillment is a story of my life that's yeah. the name of my memoir right there <laughs> so, um, so yeah and if you get like it's, I guess it's for a lot you know it's probably come to a lot more popularity than because it's been around since well I think like the 70s correct me if I'm wrong somebody on the internet yeah. um, the internet will really, come with you with that yeah it will absolutely they'll be like it was this year you're completely wrong it's 969 although i will tell you uh, i will tell you the family here at power vax men we're pretty chill about like facts okay, and stuff good. like that we get it like our brains yeah, don't like like so much about 70s 80s ish it's been around for a while um and i think it's come to prominence a lot more in mainstream in recent years because things like stranger things you know make reference to it um yeah. there's a podcast called critical role that now has like a tv show on amazon a cartoon that that really made it popular um Dimension and there's 20, a movie whatever. now with Chris Pine too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah Did you buy is. midnight tickets to it? I haven't yet. Um, we will. No, you're not even it. a real D and D fan. Then. No, no. I mean, I, are the tickets even on sale? I don't know. Yeah, I don't really think know. Like, like, I'll definitely get tickets to see it probably opening night. I'm not gonna lie. Um, 
Are you going to go with going? your guild? Oh, yeah. Uh, guild, uh, yeah. My group that we played d and yeah, we'll go together. Wait, is it um, called a guild? I'm just thinking of Felicia Day of the guild. No, no. So I think that's more like World of Warcraft-y, like online MMO stuff. Um, there. But yeah, so the, the guys I play with, we will probably go see it. Um, I, I don't have high hopes. I'm not going to lie. I think the trailer looks pretty bad. I think the movie poster looks really bad. Um, I really like Chris Pine. Um, but yeah, I mean, they made movies in the night or the early 2000s with oh, Jeremy bitch, Irons. I, th- I thought it was going to come out on in December. It's not coming out till March. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm so embarrassed. Yeah. Um, I'm like, why don't you have your tickets yet? <laughs> I'm like making yeah. fun of you. And you're like, you alcoholic. It doesn't come out till March. So I, I remain like, look, I have low, I have a low bar. I think it's going to be rubbish. Um, I'm hoping it's going to be good, but yeah, we, we, time will tell. Time will tell. I don't think anyone. Does that, does that kind of make sense? Did I explain it okay? Like, do you get a sense of what it's like? No, absolutely not. Basically, what you just told me is that you just appoint some random person to be God, and then you yeah. have to create a story based yeah. off of whatever they okay. say. Okay, so like, let me, let, let's why, back why this person? Why does this person get to be God? Like. Okay, so the person, because it's the, it's the person you nominate to run the story, and it's actually a lot of, so to be a dungeon master or game master is a ton of work. Um, so I run a game and I play in a game. Okay. Um, so I think to run a game is really fun in terms of like a creative outlet. So either, like you can use pre-made, like they call them adventure paths, um, that like, you know, Dungeons and Dragons and Where the Coast will produce, and you can read them from the book. Um, gotcha. I, don't, I don't do that. I make up like my campaign from start to finish. I make all the encounters. Um, but that in and of itself takes ages because it's almost like writing, writing a movie, right? And then, yeah. but then the problem is the characters will react in a way that you don't, they'll always do something that you don't see coming. And then you've got to improv on the fly to react to what they do, right? Um, and the person that's telling the story, you've got to play every character that they meet. So you're playing the villains, the other heroes that are, that are with them or like NPCs that they interact with, shopkeepers, um, so it's fun if you're like a theater nerd. Uh, I think it's a good way of getting kind of that energy out. Um, and I guess like the one thing for people or that want to start playing, um, it's not a game you win, if that makes sense, right? Like um, I think that's the one kind of pet peeve I have with players is- <laughs> Is um, it a game called life? Yeah, I know. Like, you don't exactly. like win. Um, and because it's a story, you know, adversity and failure and hardship like only help advance the plot. And I think that's something that people um, that need to play need to accept. So there's nothing I hate more than when like bad things happen to somebody and they like, they start to, you know, oh, but what about this? Or what about this rule? Or let me like, and you're like, no, but like actually like go with the flow of something bad because it actually like makes for good character growth and good stories. And, you know, if the heroes never face failure, adversity, it's not necessarily a good story, if that makes sense. You're like, your pain is actually servicing the plot, so shut the fuck up. Absolutely, exactly. And as a good DM, you just want to, like, cause as much pain. You know, those, like, the kids will have backstories, you know, oh, I've got this family member, I'm really close with my brother. What do you do as a game master? You take that brother and you murder them horrifically in front of them, you know. uh, Is it masochist or sadist? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? No, you, like in motivation, right? So it's like if you want to make a compelling villain, like the big bad end game, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, we've got to give motivation for the, the heroes to want to um, to beat him or her or it uh, at the end of the campaign. Um, so yeah, no, it's 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 a good way of uh, it's like free therapy. Do you know what I mean? You get to explore. <laughs> well, because I know this because I talked to you. 
you and, and by the way, also Familia, our regular co-host Scott Free, he's also a DD individual as well. And you guys dedicate like four hours of a night to this, right? You guys oh, meet yeah. weekly. Not your what do you call it? It's not a guild, what your group? No, it's like well, we don't have we just call our friends. I don't know. Like oh, you just call our D and D group, yeah. Your D and D group. So yeah. you guys meet like once a week and you dedicate for, and people need to be dedicated to this. And, and you find people who are, I, I would flake. I'd be like, oh shit, I got happy hour. But you guys yeah. absolutely drop what you're doing and make sure you meet and you play. Well, I mean, I think that's like anybody who plays D&D, like that's a big joke, right? It's like scheduling a session is the hardest thing about Dungeons and Dragons. It's like not learning the yeah. rules, not memorizing the countless like mini rules that, that exist in the game. It, it's just trying to find a night that everybody's free. Um, but I think, you know, we're fairly good at, um, at all showing up. Um, luckily, like the friends I play, we all kind of live close to each other in London. So um, logistically, it's not that difficult. And we have, you know, there's also like the suspension of disbelief, right? So we are, let's say like five or six that will play, including the guy who runs the story. So if somebody's missing or two people are missing, you just, they're in the background. Do you know what I mean? You just got to like suspend disbelief that they're not there anymore the game master or the dungeon master will um, adjust the difficulty according to how many people are there. Uh, and you just assume that they're kind of like, you know, they're helping in the fight, but we're not actually seeing it happen and playing out in the story. Um, so, you know, like when people are on holidays or out of town or working or whatever, uh, you just, cause if not, if you're waiting for everybody in your group to play, you will never play. I feel that we could do a D&D podcast in of itself <laughs> where we oh. just like explain everything to people because I would, are there D&D podcasts? Absolutely. Well, Critical Role uh, is probably like the most famous. Oh, Critical Role. You, yeah, you, know, you just yeah, mentioned that. I'm like, sorry, I'm so drunk off of my cheap um, sky vodka. Yeah, I think I'm there's like, a, like they're probably, them in Dimension 20 and uh, the Adventure Zone. And now I'm going to, again, get people commenting that, there's other ones. Uh, there's a ton of them where, um, you know, people play. I think Critical Role is probably by far the most famous. It's, it's, it's voice actors. So not only are they professional actors and they can make great accents and voices and, and Matt Mercer who runs that game. I mean, he can literally switch accents at the drop of a hat, um, which let me tell you, as somebody who runs the game is not easy to do. You know, in one of my games, I've, I've got somebody who's got like an Irish accent, and a Scottish accent, and if they're meeting, I cannot switch between the two accents. Um, it all just starts to sound exactly the same um yeah wait so there you are definitely... actually sit there and you do accents yeah i, I like you know because if you if you have the same voice for every character it's not, wait give it's me the voice of one of your characters i want to hear no, I'm, not gonna, no, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm not a dancing monkey for you basically i'm not a dancing monkey for you um but uh yeah i mean i mean you don't have to right you don't have but um i'm like i'm not great to be honest at, at accents i've got a friend of mine who who runs a game who can literally do every accent really, really easily, especially like all the, the regional British accents. He's really good at switching in and out of them. Um, so we've, we've all got our strengths and weaknesses and, and accents is definitely not one of mine, um, but there you go. But actually I was saying, you know, there's, if you know the rules, um, you could absolutely tailor it to different kinds of worlds. And like, I would love to run an X-Men uh, D&D session for you and whoever, um, where I'll just, yeah, switch around some of the classes. You know, you just tell me what your mutant power is and I'll figure out what class that's closest to and customize everything. And yeah, we could play an X-Men D&D session. Are you, are you being serious about this right now? Yeah, absolutely. That's okay, we can so... do a podcast. But move over, Critical Role. <laughs> X-Men D&D. Yeah. We can call it the mutant 
critical role or like the mutant crisis. Yeah, um, they, they may sue us if we call it mutant critical role, but yeah. Who come knows? at it. We, we, we have no yeah. funding here. We have yeah, no funding. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> they can take your ugly Ikea mirror. Yeah. Wow. No, can I boot you from your own podcast? <laughs> You're going to like mute me and like get me out of here. No, first of all, A, I love that. I would love the idea of we do like an episode where we kind of come in and you're the DM and yeah. it's a mutant themed one. And we have like a couple other people from the Pox Familia and we do like a session online for everyone. We're going to put a you can do, on that. So you could absolutely see a story where you play students in Xavier's school and, you know, the X-Men aren't there to save the day. It's got a photo of the students. You've got your own characters. I mean, you want to do it, I'm there. All right, that's it. Let's name the day. We're going to do that very soon. So folks at home, please be on the lookout for it. But anyways, after that D&D segue, like, my yeah. God, you were like a fucking prophet on a mount with that. I'm like, I'm in love. Like, that was next level. But let's talk about some of more X-Men. And I want to ask you some, like, pretty obscene questions here. Specifically, right. a Mary Shag and Kill section. Ooh. On the podcast awesome. right here, Mary Shag Kill. Are you ready for this? I am ready for it. Okay. So Cyclops, Havoc, and Colossus. Mary. Okay, Shag you went with like Kill. literally the like the Sophie's choice right at the beginning. I know, absolutely. Well, because bitch, I know you after our two months of being BFFs. Yeah. So now I'm coming after you. I'm coming after your tracks oh, now. God, okay. I know. Come on, you F gotta do me. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, Mary I'm Shag. Gonna... Wait, and is it Mary Shag Kill? Can I say Mary Fuck Kill, and you would still get it, or does it have to be Mary Shag Kill? Yeah, I get it. I'm from North okay. America. Like, okay, bitch, like... I didn't know. I'm trying to be. I'm just trying to be appropriate here. Yeah, very, very culturally sensitive to say Shag. Um, okay. Are your Are your viewers gonna get it? What? It's Mary Fuck Kill. All right, let's, let's Havoc Colossus. Yeah, let's fuck Havoc. Now, especially with the like the goblin, the, the goblin prince, goblin king, prince, the goblin prince, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna be in the goblin prince outfit. We're gonna fuck havoc. Love me a himbo. Um, <laughs> Everyone always calls poor Alex a himbo. Listen, I I get you. That soliloquy he had at the end of X Men Dark Web issue one, like he he's he's such a himbo. God bless himbos. And I can't be in a throuple with Cyclops and Colossus. It's not an option here. No, it's not an option. Okay. Well, I don't know. Okay. Okay. Well, go. I'm going to... Oh, I'm going to shoot Colossus, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Wait, wait what are you going to shoot him with? My load. <laughs> um, are we allowed to say that on this podcast? No. Okay. Of course. Yeah, say it. Wow. Um, no. If I got to marry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to marry Cyclops. Um, I just think that... Colossus is almost too nice, which is probably problematic to say. Um, but I just feel like he'd agree with everything. And I get really in, like, you know, he'd be like, what restaurant do you want to go to? I'll go to the restaurant you want to go to. And I'll be like, no, I don't want to decide. I want somebody to decide yeah. for me tonight. And I think Cyclops will like take the reins and be bossy a bit. And like, after a long day of work, like, I just want something that will make the decision. Um, yeah. Plus he's got a rocking body too. I mean... You need you know. some bossy bottom energy. Yeah, or bossy, I need bo some... or bossy top energy. But right? I already said he was a top, but like, so maybe, oh. Yeah, I'm going to take Cyclops. We're going to take Cyclops. But you know, I, I shoot Colossus with a lot of remorse. I would happily be married or, um, or shagged him also. So Okay, but 
You know what you could do in, in, in your entire loophole right there about like, can you just be in the throuple? You could kill Colossus. And since they're on Krakoa, you can just bring him back to life. Oh, yeah. Can join you Perfect. right there. There you go. Right there. Yeah. Okay. How about another Mary Shag kill? Sinister, Apocalypse, and Omega Red. And bitch, you cannot be the Jason nerd alert Omega Red. Right. Fucking yeah, Omega yeah. Red from the fucking comic. Oh, That's fine. Jason also did Sinister. So this, is, this is an easy one. Okay. You shag Omega Red, you shoot Apocalypse, and you marry Sinister. And I will tell you what. So Apocalypse... Okay, Apocalypse is kind of boring. Aesthetically, he's like, eh, whatever, get rid of him. Omega, you know, he's got like his things, he's got his hands, his things. I mean, he's probably can. He has know, tentacles. Do yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Tentacle like, form. Um, the long, like, kind of blonde white hair, kind of got Targaryen vibes going. Uh, a good body. And then you marry Sinister because Sinister is going to be such a fun husband. He's going to know the gossip. He, you're going to come back. He's going to spill the tea. You know, you're aging. Forget Botox. He's going to like genetically create you a new body. He's going to give you the six pack. I'm not going to have to work out anymore. He's going to like, you know, hit, I want a new mutant power. He's going to give me some sort of power through some sort of whatever that he's concocted. Um, he's funny. Great at dinner parties. The sinister 100% married. Okay. Bitch, the fact that you're like, I'm going to marry Sinister because I don't have to worry about Botox and he's great at dinner parties is literally the best answer I've ever got it on this podcast. Yeah. Like, what the like, I agree. I agree. Sinister is a perfect husband because, like, you don't have to worry about anything. He has an answer to everything and he's got all the tea. Like, he's going to yeah, be like, oh, exactly. I saw Emma without her makeup. Just to yeah. wait. Yeah. And he'll be like, do you know that, like, Cyclops and Wolverine, they, like, were there the other day without Jean and da-da-da, like, you'll come home from work and he'll have the best stories to tell you. He'll know all the tea. Definitely. Yeah. Like, he knows probably all anybody. About He's like the top person you want to marry. Yeah, he knows the circle jerk at the Green Lagoon bar. <laughs> He's like in it there. 100%. Okay. okay, that's fair. I love that. I love that. Okay, well, let, me, let me give you something harder though. Okay. Okay. Nate Gray, Iceman, Shatterstar, Mary Fuck Kill. Ooh. I know. I'm going to kill Nate Gray. It's a Okay. Because he's psychic, right? Do you know what yeah. I don't need in a husband or somebody that I'm working with? It's somebody that's reading my mind. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't need that kind of level of, of toxicity in my relationship. You know, when okay. they don't take the garbage out and I'm projecting, you know, the murder fantasies, I don't need him knowing that I'm projecting that. So kill Nate yeah. Gray. I'm going to shag Shadow Star because he's got no personality. <laughs> but he's got a you know rocking body, and then um, Mary. Who is the Who is the third one? Iceman. Iceman. Oh yeah, obviously Mary Iceman. Hundred percent. I would no. Bobby sounds so annoying. Like I would. I would. I would at best shag Iceman. I would definitely not not marry him though. Oh, I don't know. He's like he's sweet. He's good looking. Um, I mean, he was an accountant he, at one point. So, he's a like, mega maybe. level mutant. Ugh. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sold on Iceman just yet as being Mr. Dayspring. But I would I, I definitely agree. I love what you said about Nate being toxic because he would totally be toxic. He'd be reading everyone's mind and be like, 100%. what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. yeah you're you're, you're out, you see somebody else attractive, he'll be like, Sorry, you're looking at that guy. I'll be like, No, he's like, Yes, you are, because I can read your mind. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, but I feel that. like 
I feel like a really good relationship, though, in general, you'd be like, you can both check out someone. Oh, yeah. Be like, oh, yeah, that person's like fucking hot. But yeah, Nate I mean, is definitely. I mean, it's 2022. Like, we're on the cusp of 2023. Thruples are the newest thing. So, yeah. And, you know. Third Thruples trending. I love that. Anyways. Okay, wait. So, since you're a big Cyclops fan, I'm going to ask you Mary, fuck, kill, 90 Cyclops, Krakoan Cyclops, or new X Men Cyclops? Okay, so just to refresh my mind, Cyclops is what I've got on now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. you look immaculate in it, by the way. Thank you. Then the other Cyclops is the Cyclops with, like, the head thing to there. Yeah, it's and like recent era Cyclops. Like, yeah, yeah. Cohen, like, the, all the, the blue one. Yeah, and then the other one is which, which outfit? So it's a Grant Morrison X-Men from, like, the early aughts. So he is in the black leather with the yellow accents. Oh, yeah, no. Kill that one. Hate that up. <laughs> I mean, the hottest one is the '90s one, right? It's this one. This is the best outfit because he's got like, yeah, it's a, it's like the most superhero-y fantasy. He's got like the yellow briefs on. It's like, it's the most kind of yeah. So I'll, I'll shag that one, and then I'll marry the other one. That's all the yeah. same guy. So yeah, yeah. Well, and also because Krakoan Cyclops is like past all of his bullshit that he was going through during the Messiah Complex era, like he's yeah. full blown leader. Like he's, he's self-actualized. Learned. That's what you want in the husband, right? Yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah. He's self-actualized. Okay, that's great. I love that. Yeah. So you're and he's in the trouble. So yeah. So you know, you I can have a threesome with every night. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So so to recap, you're gonna marry Krakow and Cyclops. You're gonna kill New X Men Cyclops, and you're gonna shag Nighty Cyclops. Yeah. I agree. 100%. That's one hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Let me give you something a little bit more difficult. Let's see. Okay, so I know you hate Wolverine. So no, I don't. I, no, don't peg me as a Wolverine hater. I said he's overrated. Okay, okay. You think Wolverine's overrated? So we got yeah. Wolverine, Huck, and Sabretooth. Mary Shag kill them. <laughs> Can I shag Sabretooth? Okay. I'm gonna. Oh, what? but you you get to shag your husband because I feel like then you could. Or is it like a is it like a shagless marriage? What do you wait? What do you mean shagless marriage? Well, because, like because because I think Wolverine is clearly the hottest of the three of them. But okay, wait. Wolverine, Sabretooth, Huck, Huck. Mary, Shag, Shag kill. kill. All right. I'm gonna kill Puck. I don't really oh. know much about him. Nah. No one does. Uh, I'm gonna. I feel like Sabretooth would be like a toxic husband, realistically. Oh. Totally toxic husband. But he's got like the crazy vibe, so I'm gonna shag Sabretooth. Especially like 90s Sabretooth with the outfit, like from the cartoon, is actually quite like a cool outfit. Oh my god, that blush um, colored like bodysuit. Yeah, yeah, super hot. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna shag Sabretooth and I'm gonna I'm gonna marry Wolverine. I mean you got you gotta of the three of them. This is where people are like, oh Puck's actually like the great character and you don't know anything about him and he would have been a great husband and Da, 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 but like you know what? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna marry Wolverine. Said no one on 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 the power of X Men Familia. No, but Wolverine is a list status. He has Avengers. He has exactly. X Men. That's right. You, exactly. you, got, you basically have the skeleton key to the Marvel yeah. universe. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be at the Avengers Christmas party, drunk, hitting on Captain America. You know, you're gonna be totally be that person. Yeah, he'll be off with Gene. You know, doing something, and I'll be like, hey. How's it going, Steve? You know. Wait, and also your stepdaughter is going to be Laura Kinney, aka X twenty three, aka Wolverine. 
So you get fucking Laura. That's as your true. Stepdaughter. That's true. Like, how amazing! Oh, is I don't that? want kids. Oh God, can I change my answer? <laughs> Does Puck have kids? Can I kill Wolverine? Take Puck as my husband? Okay. Wait. All right. So your final one. Your your final Mary Shag yeah. kill. No, my and, final Mary Shag kill. Oh, okay. So you got a new three. You got a new three. Okay. I, I got a new three for you. This is gonna okay. be your final one. It's gonna be your final okay. one. Okay. It's gonna be Daredevil, Iron yeah. Fist, or yeah. Captain America. Oh, yeah. oh crap! Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot Iron Fist because he's Iron. I Fist. love how you say shoot because that's so dignified of you. You're not like I'm gonna kill or murder. You're gonna shoot them. Like I love that. Well, I mean, what's like? How would you kill them? I don't know. I like push them off a bridge or something. <laughs> Yeah, but they're like like Iron Fist to like find a way to like somersault and survive. Okay, so you're just gonna shoot him. Okay, fine. You're I'm shooting gonna shoot him. him. I'm gonna shoot him. Shoot him. Shoot him. Shoot him. Um, shoot him. Shoot him. Okay, I'm gonna shag Captain America, and I'm gonna marry Daredevil because I feel like marrying Captain America, you're like you're never gonna be good enough. You know what I mean? Like he's always gonna be so good, and you're gonna be like, ugh, you're inseparable with like how moral you are all the time about everything. Okay, that's fair. Uh, well, no, I think I think Matt Murdock will be insufferable with his, like, Catholic guilt and stuff like that. He would be insufferable when it comes to his morals. Over Captain America? Really? Okay, but then you have the Avengers money, and then you have Matt Murdock turning at law money. Yeah, but Which one do you want? Wait, do you want to live in Hell's Kitchen or the Avengers Tower? Well, where's the oh, Avengers well, Tower in here? <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, Hell's Kitchen is a great place to live, right? Like, <laughs> I know. Okay, well, bitch, I mean, like Matt Murdock's Hell's Kitchen from like the eighties. Oh, right, right. He's oh, he's a pro bono lawyer too, so he's not really getting like that partner money. Yeah, he's not getting that partner money. But this, this is Captain the... America. Is he on salary? Does he get a bonus? Uh, no, but at least he has a GoFundMe somewhere. Like someone's giving like Captain America yeah. some money, or oh, he's getting sponsorships. Yeah. He's getting sponsorships. You know, some Japanese company is paying him to like appear on like television to promote some kind of soda. True. But I feel like he wouldn't. He'd be too good. He'd be like, no, I'm not going to like take corporate money because I'm super moral and da 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 da. That's um, true. Chris Evans did say in Age of Ultron that he couldn't afford Brooklyn. So. Although if it's Chris Evans, Captain America. I mean, well, then it's definitely Shag. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think. I think Matt Murdock would be like a good, like especially like Matt Murdock from She-Hulk, like really charming. Like I think oh, yeah. he'd be like a good husband. Yeah, well, Charlie Cox, like Matt Murdock, yeah. is like wow. Yeah. It's like wow the entire way. Yeah, so I'm gonna marry Matt Murdock in that one. Okay, and so then, marry- then I've got somebody to match me when I cosplay Bullseye at the next Comic Con. Look right there, boom! Efficiency, efficiency, efficiency right there. Yeah. So, Sean, we have been going for over an hour and a half. We we have like 50% of the episode we did not get through. I know. But, but we're going to get through it next time for when okay, we have part you two. on. Part two. Stay tuned, Familia. But, Sean, so we know you're cosplaying more. We know you're being more active in the uh, geek community. We know you do D&D. Where can folks hit you up? Where can they talk to you? So only Instagram. I'm an old person, so I've only got one social media. Oh, I mean, I've got a Facebook, but I mean, who uses Facebook anymore? 
So I've got my Instagram. So hit me up there if you want to say anything. Just say hi. Just send me a message. I love how you're like, I'm an old person and I'm actually technically older than you by like two months. Oh, yeah, you are. Yeah, you I are know. older than me by like two months. Yeah. I mean, in the 19, you know, we are in our late 20s, late 30s, <laughs> mid 30s, early 30s, mid 20s. Who knows? Whatever. No, one Minister but, did, you know, I got to say to husband. He's fixing this shit up. Yeah. Well, thanks, sugar. The age of apocalypse is now over, and we'll see you next time. The age of apocalypse is over. For now. <laughs>